Hello everybody, this is 21st episode of Zdeněk's English, English Podcast. This is actually part two of the episode The Referee and the Ball. Last episode, you had a chance to listen to the part one. Please, if you haven't listened to it and you are listening to part two first, I suggest that you go back and listen to part one because it kind of makes more sense. So I, as the first referee in football history wearing a cycling jersey, got the match underway by blowing the whistle and then I could only pray that somehow I managed to survive this. Because I remember a lot of referees being punched in face after making some wrong decision during the match. There's loads of YouTube videos on the internet and I think something happened in South America recently. I was in, in Brazil or something. A referee killed a football player and then he was tortured and killed in a horrible way or something like this. All these images were in my head. Nah, not really. I was okay. Since I blew the whistle, I was kind of... I calmed down very quickly, to be honest. But, you know, if you do something you had never done before, it is a bit strange. But sometimes, uh, just knowing the fact that The others don't expect much, can't even expect much from you because they know that you hadn't done this. It just sort of makes it a little bit easier for you, you know? You get this feeling that you have nothing to lose or something like this. So with this in my mind, I started refereeing the match and at the beginning I made a few good decisions and it calmed me down really quickly. So gradually I was becoming more and more confident about my whole performance. I wasn't afraid. I even had a moment when I said to myself, you could do this for a living. It's really nice job. You're in charge. Everything depends on you, basically. Whenever you uh, blow the whistle, uh, the players have to obey. Isn't it nice? Sometimes it felt like uh, the job of teaching. I can always end the lesson if I want, you know. But this was uh, like doing something I love, football, you know. Just from a totally different angle. Very interesting indeed. The only uh, real problem that was kind of worrying was the weather. The wind became stronger. The air was kind of humid. And it was obvious, it was clear uh, that uh, the thunderstorm was coming. There was already some uh, distant noises of thunder. And um, it was coming closer. So... In the halftime, it all began, and it was kind of dangerous, you know, playing football, and the lightnings, you know, the lightning, it had killed some people before, uh, even during football matches. Again, there are even some YouTube videos about this. Some people actually died, and now it was my responsibility, kind of. I mean, I hadn't signed any contract or anything, so should anything had happened... I don't think I could actually be found guilty of this if I uh, let the match continue and a player was struck by lightning or something. But still, uh, I was like morally responsible and I, I had this thought in my mind. Should I finish the match when the storm gets really ugly or should I let it go on? Fortunately, the, the, the thunderstorm didn't get, didn't get that close so that the, the lightnings would actually strike nearby 
where we were playing because you know you can always measure how far the very core of the thunderstorm is by counting uh, seconds because uh, you always get the light first because nothing is faster than the light and then you get the sound of the thunderstorm and the shorter the gap between the light and, uh, and the sound is uh, the closer the, the, the actual core of thunderstorm is if you see uh, the lightning then you count three seconds before you hear the sound it means the storm isn't uh, isn't too close yet but if it's one second you can be sure it's within uh, the span of two kilometers or something like this so then it gets really dangerous so what we got was a uh, quite a heavy rain it was absolutely pouring it down it was bucketing it down or it was raining cats and dogs if you want just a quick note for linguists semantically this is wrong because it should be raining dogs and cats first because the dogs are heavier you know but um, this heavy rain was really annoying because I was soaking wet not only me but everybody I guess but selfishly I was thinking about me only because I was in the cycling jersey you know and I was afraid that uh, the cart I had in my back pocket would um, would get soaked or something but it didn't because it was well protected by some plastic so I I was afraid what's gonna happen next and uh, I was really becoming cold because uh, the temperature had gone down rapidly and being being soaked in such cold weather it's really dangerous you can catch a cold easily so I thought I thought it was uh, like inevitable that I would pick up a cold after this experience but I just kept going even though I I wanted to finish this really I even asked some players do you want to finish now do you want to finish earlier it was a friendly match sometimes the re referees do this but nobody nobody really wanted to finish maybe my team because they were losing um, in the second half and uh, the match ended in a 5-1 five, five loss for our team on the whole, I did quite well. I had two moments when I was kind of unsure and I may have made one mistake. The biggest mistake, which was not really my fault, but it happened, was when um, the player of our team, of my team, uh, was going one-on-one -on -one against the keeper. But the pass, the pass he got was in offside, or, or so thought the linesman. You know, the linesman are... Do you have two linesmen every match? This is a village football, so they don't have so much budget so that they could afford the linesman. So what they do is that each team uh, sort of has one linesman. And then what happens is that, of course, these linesmen, uh, they are loyal to their team. So sometimes they're just not really fair and they raise raise their flag whenever the opposite striker would, would get to an advantageous position. So this is what happened. It wasn't really offside, but it was my reflex or it was my instinct to blow the whistle when I saw that the linesman raised the flag. So I did, and uh, the player of my team was um, angry at me. But what could, what could I what could I do? I wasn't experienced. I should have let the game uh, continue, of course, because it's my right to do so. But I didn't. Okay. But on the whole, it was okay. And I ended the match in the 89th minute because this is when the players started begging me to finish it. Everybody was soaked. It was apparent that my team 
was gonna lose and the game really ended when I blew the final whistle in the 89th minute with the score 5-1 for the home team towards the end it was getting a bit nasty because the players the, the ball was bouncing quicker because the, the pitch was soaked and uh, a lot of players did dangerous sliding tackles so I'm glad nothing uh, serious happened I had to give one yellow card for a terrible foul but uh, I don't think the, the guy got injured or something but it was deserved so that was my unbelievable experience of, ref of refereeing maybe for you it means nothing maybe you're just uh, looking at yourselves in disbelief how can this guy be talking about something like this for so long okay listeners we all have different tastes and I am into football I love it I'm passionate about it I'm crazy about it okay so please try to understand that people can be passionate about things you hate okay if you love it you probably understand how I must have felt excited about doing this whole job right the problem was that I wasn't really paid for this I didn't expect it but I kind of made this joke at the end that somebody should pay me because that's what happens to referees and in village football not only they are paid they are given also a pint of beer and a sausage or something I wouldn't want the sausage but the pint of beer could kind of come in handy but I didn't get anything this wasn't nice nobody even thanked me properly there was no pat on the shoulder like you've done it you've done it guy I admire you first time in your life and you do such a good job no nothing of this sort I felt a bit hurt but it was okay I didn't really expect anything from the guys and bearing, bearing in mind the fact that the weather was really horrible and everybody wanted to get home as soon as possible and so did I of course but because it was still raining and it looked like the rain is slowly getting uh, lighter and lighter I was kind of waiting in the changing room of my team till the last moment so that uh, uh, the rain was, would cease and I could at least have a drier uh, ride back home you know I actually had to borrow a football jersey of my football team because my cycling jersey was was really soaked wet so that's what I did but I didn't have any socks changed and my shoes they were really really well a fish could have lived in my shoes to be honest or a frog it was really nasty and I, I knew there was at least one hour journey before me and I was supposed to withstand this not a nice thought really but I have survived refereeing a football match now I'll survive everything I said to myself the, the good thing was that the rain did really stop it did really cease so I could uh, put on a dry jersey of my football team and when I was leaving the stadium I was uh, actually the last one with the gatekeeper not the gatekeeper it's maybe a pitch keeper the, the guy who looks after the pitch he was an, an older and apparently a bit crazy guy but most of all I was glad that I could head home finally I did really think that my day was already made but I was totally mistaken there was one more very very interesting experience to come 
I was roughly behind the goal, you know, behind the pitch, uh, behind the fence, when I noticed something like a big orange sort of gleaming in the grass. I didn't pay too much attention to it, but I passed it by and it kind of stayed in my mind. Uh, I was thinking about what it was and then I realized it must have been a ball. It can't have been an orange, because oranges are usually much smaller. This had the size of a ball. So, I now I was riding slower and slower, and I had this temptation. After about 50 meters, I did turn back, uh, just to have a look at the ball, to check out what it was kind of doing there alone, so lonely. Then I had a closer look, and I touched the ball, and it was nice, shiny, glittering ball with black pattern, and I'm not an expert at balls, maybe it has to do with the fact that uh, I am male and straight, but this really looked like an expensive quality ball, and I looked at what was written on it, and it said, Europa League official match ball. Well, I really felt sorry for this ball, I thought, it can't be alone there, someone might steal it, you know, someone might take it, someone uh, not qualified, for this. So I I kind of wanted to save the ball, you know. But for me it was a really hard decision to make to take the ball because what if somebody is watching me? It would look like a, a stealing it. So I looked around and no one was there. It was so quiet. It was like there was like eerie silence. Everybody from the pitch had left. So I just grabbed the ball and jumped on my bike and uh took the closest way out of the village. I was heading to the river so that nobody notices. This was the closest way out of the village. And I was passed by one car. I got a bit scared that maybe in the car there are people who had played the match with me and they will remember the ball because it was so distinctly orange that you couldn't have mistaken it for anything else. It really had a, a shiny color like a like a highlighter, you know, an orange highlighter, the one you use to uh, emphasize uh, some text, maybe a book, you're studying a book, you know, and you highlight it so that you, you know, this is the most important information. That color it had, unbelievable. Never seen a ball like this in my life. I might have played with it earlier on as a referee, but I didn't, I was maybe in trance, so I didn't re even remember what the ball looked like, really. And I did really feel kind of uneasy. I felt like a thief. When I was young, about 13 years old, I went on holiday uh, to Greece, and uh, I remember that I stole a tennis ball there. But I was caught red-handed. This had been my only stealing attempt until this moment. They caught me, and I could never go to the shop where I stole it again, you know? And, and this stealing a football experience uh, kind of reminded me of this. It, it brought me back in memories. This was like an analogical experience, because it felt like I have been there before, you know? There was just slight little difference, but important one. We, when I was stealing this ball, the thing is, it didn't really look like stealing. I just took advantage of the situation, you know. But it did make me feel uneasy. My heartbeat was really high. I was looking around 
I was kind of paranoid that somebody is watching me and my heart skipped a beat whenever I spotted a car. There were not many of them, fortunately. And most of the people must have been at home because of the storm, you know. And if some someone had actually confronted me, I would have probably known how to defend myself. I would have said that I had found it and it was my reward for match refereeing. I wasn't paid properly. I wasn't paid anything. I wasn't given a sausage and a pint of beer and any money. So I deserved the ball. That's what I would have probably said. I would try to make joke out of it. I'm not a fighter. I wouldn't have wanted uh, to fight with the guy over the ball. Right. So apparently someone must have kicked the ball out of the pitch during the match I was refereeing and forgot to bring it back. The uh, pitch keeper didn't care about it at all. Nobody was around. Listeners, what could I have done? There were basically two options. I could have left it there and then I would have this on my mind for the rest of the journey back and maybe I wouldn't be able to fall asleep because I had such a wonderful opportunity to get paid properly for my effort which was totally unappreciated so I had this kind of feeling that justice has been served or done as they say in English so after about two kilometers of um, riding my bike in kind of a state of a fear I got to the river when I felt much safer because there was no civilization there were absolutely no people whatsoever and I could just uh, follow the path along the river with all these experiences a little bit triumphantly that's how I felt sort of I know it might be a bit mischievous but I just felt this was the right thing to do okay please don't condemn me for it maybe you would you would have do the same thing in my place you never know what you're gonna do in extreme situations I had an episode about this you never know to be honest the journey back was not easy at all there was a lot of mud and uh, some puz puddles not puzzles puddles on the path along the river there was a strong wind which was kind of in my back at least this was a good thing but I was of course holding the ball in one of my hands because I didn't have a backpack with me so so I had to hold on to the handlebars with just one hand and I was and the the other hand was holding the ball so I had to switch these hands so that uh, they would have the, the both hands would have a rest and this was kind of a little bit of juggling because uh, I'm used to driving my bike without uh, without hands at all sometimes it's easy for me but not in such muddy and um, full of puddles kind of road uh, not road a path it was kind of hard especially with the wind and uh, every every time I felt like the ball is going to fall uh, or I'm going to fall off bike and the ball is going to fall into the river and I was like this is the biggest river in the Czech Republic I was like what am I gonna do if this happens this ball I did so much to get it. I, I would I would probably take off my jersey and jump into the river. But the stream was kind of fast, so I, I don't want to think what could have happened, really, if, if this ball had slipped uh, from my hands. So, by and large, this journey back home was really uncomfortable and uh, a bit acrobatic. 
I was really slow. I was slow like a like a turtle. Normally I'm not that slow, but uh, this was all done for a good cause, you know. During my whole journey, I was still a little bit paranoid, trying to hide the ball from people even in adjacent villages and in the town of Nimburg. I thought, what if some player plays for this village, recognizes this? It was stupid of me because it was, I was too far, but I couldn't have got rid of this feeling for some reason. The, the whole time, I was thinking of making this a podcast episode, and I was, you know, I was still pondering about mm, how fair this was. Was this right thing to do? I always tried to play by fair play rules, with the exception of that thieving, thieving attempt when I was a young guy. It's just, I'm a scrupulous, I pride myself in being a scrupulous guy. I played one football match, for example, okay? We needed to score a goal, and uh, I owned up to a corner. I owned up uh, touching the ball before it went behind the line. And my whole team went totally ballistic. They went really mad that I had owned up to this, because uh, the opposite team got a corner, and they had a big chance of scoring a goal. But I felt this was the right thing to do. So this is what kind of guy I usually am. But maybe times have changed. I have developed into into a um, smarter, smarter being. You know, I don't know. What happens if I find a wallet full of money? Will I return it, or will I keep the money for myself? Well, if I know the money belongs to somebody who doesn't need it, I'll I'll take it. Okay. I look at the uh, job description of of the ID of this guy, and if it says it's a bank manager, I'll definitely take the money. But if it says it's a, it's a teacher with maybe five children, I'll always return this. I'll always return this to the owner. Okay, what am I talking about? I think nobody of us knows what they would do until they get to this very situation, right? We are just speculating here. Anyway, I got home safely. Well, there's last thing I forgot to tell you. Um, there were loads of snails, you know, those little animals with, with a house on their back. And uh, that's what they used to hide themselves in. It's like a shell. And there are loads of these in the Czech Republic. Apparently, they eat these in France without the house, I think. They eat it without the house. So there were loads of these on my way. It's because uh, apparently they tend to appear in huge numbers right after the rain. And this is exactly what, what happened. And, um, yeah. Which meant I had to do a little bit of slalom. I, I felt like I had done enough of bad things because of stealing the football. So I didn't want to commit any more crimes uh, of uh, st- uh, killing uh, innocent animals. So I just uh, made sure I didn't run over the snails. And I succeeded. It was a bit of slalom. But I did really well. Okay, so I got home safely. It got dark and uh, I took a shower because I was really dirty from this journey. A lot of mud splash on, splashed on my legs and I had to wash the, uh, the football jersey as well. I triumphantly uh, got home with the ball. So this was what happened to me. And uh, I'm just thinking, listeners... What do you think about this? 
I want to know if you think I'm a bad person just because I took this ball which was lying there on its own waiting for me to be grabbed basically or do you think uh, this was not right would you would you take the ball like me or do you think this was not right I should have returned it to somebody or I should have left it there for another thief basically what do you think listeners let me know I'm really curious about your your solution to this whole situation so this is what happened to me and now you probably understand why I named this episode the referee and the ball just to summarize for yourself I managed to burn the calories uh, from the ice cream I did about 50 kilometers by bike I didn't have to watch Arsenal team lose because they lost 2-1 to Galatasaray I had the opportunity to be a referee of a football match of a real football match for 89 minutes I experienced uh, something that was worth recording another episode of Zdenek's English podcast and uh, I got myself a quality expensive Europa League official match ball for free unbelievable right incredible okay guys I think it's high time I've wrapped this episode up I think it is gonna be double episode now that I'm thinking about it but by the time I'm telling you you already know because you are listening to the part two of this episode but anyway just there's one last thing I want to tell you I want to apologize actually for um, doing something wrong you know I wasn't really able to record this whole story in one go I'm not that professional yet I'm not uh, able to do it without mistakes which means uh, sometimes I have to edit out or sometimes I just stop recording and come back to it maybe uh, the next day or something so what happens is basically that uh, there might be slight changes in my voice because apparently I sound differently in the morning in the afternoon and then in the, in the evening it's a bit mysterious thing but it might it might have to do with the fact that maybe when I when you drink something or when you eat your voice changes or when you go to the lake maybe something happens to your voice that you, you get a cold a bit or something maybe you think these are excuses okay they are actually or something more believable every time I re-record I never keep the same distance between my microphone and my mouth and sometimes I sit in a different way maybe that's why because when you have your mouth closer to the microphone it might sound different than when the, your mouth is further from the microphone I think now what you wish is that my mouth was shut already I'm going to comply because I hold you dear my listeners not the dear the animal but I hold you dear you are my dear listeners my beloved respectful people who have patience with me and who may in return learn something from me or at least they practice their listening skills okay I now hope that this is not the last episode you have been listening to just because I stole the ball please don't condemn me give me another chance and I promise I will make more episodes of the next English podcast for you what do you think do we have a deal I hope we do so what I owe you now is just goodbye bye